0: i no, 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 no. wants us to do. So Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam receives this communication and he delivers that communication to us. This is through Allah's fadl and his rahmat. Otherwise, there is no method, no way, by which and through which any human being can communicate with Allah. Allah is the most supreme, the most high. Allah is the most overwhelming, dominant, powerful, Nothing can exist in front of his nur. If anyone comes close to Allah in any way, shape or form, they will cease to exist. As in one hadith of the Prophet he said in the Linda, Salah of Hijab Allah has 70,000, barriers of noob. 70,000 barriers of noob. If he was to reveal even one of those screens, the screen, the parda, the barrier, even what? Then anything and everything that look at that noor from behind the screen would burn. There's no way we can withstand the noor, the tajalli, the manifestation of Allah subhanahu So, how does one then communicate with Allah and how does one then know what Allah wants? So it is Allah through his fadl that he communicates with certain human beings. And those human beings are representing Allah as his Rasul, as his Nabi, messengers. For them to receive that nur of communication requires tremendous strength, enormous strength and I don't mean the spiritual; I mean physical. We cannot withstand the new, the tajalli, the light that comes from behind the screens of Allah Subhanahu existence. It is not humanly possible to withstand, even if we get a few million miles close to Him. The way Allah has created the earth and positioned the earth away from the sun, it is precise. It is with mathematical precision that the sun orbits and rotates. If that is altered to a degree, then we'd have catastrophes on the planet. Catastrophes. That's just the sun. The sun is a huge ball. So in his makhloof, in his creation, Allah has given us examples that those who approach the sun, they will perish. You can't look at the sun directly. You'll go blind. That's the idea of that human being or any of his creation looking at Allah and then being close to him in such a way that they have physical proximity and closeness. And then on top of that, they have to withstand the pressure of being there in front of him so that they can receive the communication. It has to be aligned. The receptacle... What receives Allah's Lord has to be aligned spiritually, intellectually, psychologically, and physically in front of Allah's Lord, so that they can receive it correctly and accurately and precisely so that they can inform us of Allah's intent, what does Allah want? So the whole idea of religion is to see what Allah wants us to do. That is religion. The purpose of religion is to find out what is the moral of Allah? What is the intent of Allah? What is the desire of Allah? What does Allah want me to do and not want me to do? That is religion in a nutshell. It's called Islam. Submitting to Allah's will. The word will comes in the definition of Islam, Allah's will. But how do you know Allah's will? How do you determine and ascertain this what Allah wants? So you would have it in this culture, in this civilization. and perhaps throughout the world now today, everybody says, uh, if it feels right, it must be right. I know God doesn't want me to be this way or that way. Now. How do you know? When you make it a statement that God doesn't want me to do this or wants me to do this, how do you know? What is your proof? Other than a subjective feeling. I feel this way. I have an impulse. I get visions. uh, SubhanAllah. Many people who get visions and hear voices and they go and kill people and they say, God told me to do this. So is that an appropriate yardstick? Is that how you measure that God wants you to do this? How do you measure Allah's will? That is the question Muslims must ask and the answer is already in front of us. The answer is we as ordinary human beings are not capable of knowing Allah's will because we don't have the portfolio in us. We don't have what it takes. We cannot withstand the pressure of even the sun. The light and the the heat of the sun, we can't withstand. If you talk about the other makhluk and the jinn, we can't withstand them either. If God forbid the jinn touches us, we are gone, finished, lost. That's just the way they are. And they're made of heat. As you know, the jinn are made of fire. Then that's heat, that's energy. So we can't even as human beings withstand energy that is beyond human perception. How are we going to withstand the energy from Allah directly and then claim God wants us to do this? (coughs) So the only people who can say with confidence that they know what Allah wants us to do are those whom Allah favors and chooses Himself. It is His appointment. He chooses. Allah is the one who chooses messengers from angels and from people. Allah chooses. Human beings don't choose. Societies don't choose. Politicians don't choose. Economists don't choose. There's no vote there. There's no democracy there. That through a democracy we will choose this one to be a Nabi and this one to be a Rasul. It doesn't work that way. It's a very different convention. It's a very different method. Who chooses? Allah. Your Lord, He creates whatever He wants and He chooses. What does He choose? He chooses Nabuwa for certain types of people a group of people who through their behavior, their honesty, through their integrity, through their impeccable and unimpeachable morals and ethics are already before Nabuwa standards of human behavior and moral excellence. Before Nabuwa, not after it. That's whom Allah chooses. These are the prerequisites to receive knowledge directly from Allah, where Allah says, I want you to tell people, I want them to do this, this and that. It's not about how intelligent you are. It's not about your accolades and your degrees, how many PhDs you have, how many books you've written, how many inventions you made, how many people you help. It's about your integrity, your honesty, and your dedication to service. Your dedication to mankind. Your altruism is part of you. Your generosity is you. Those are the human beings Allah chooses. Allah does not choose liars. Allah doesn't choose someone who deceives people in business. Allah doesn't choose people who abuse their wives and their children. Allah doesn't choose people who have no sense of hygiene, no sense of moral conduct to represent him in front of people. He doesn't do that. You have to be pure. You have to be pure in order to receive the nur by which you communicate with Allah and by which Allah communicates with you. That is your receptacle. That's your area. So in this day and age, and in this civilization, and in this culture where filth is part of life, being dishonest is now something that's noble, cheating, lying, deceiving, is right at the upper echelons of society, where the so-called people who legislate don't have a problem being crooked or corrupt, You think you're going to get hidayah and guidance from this civilization? (coughs) I don't think so. It comes with purity. If you're not pure, you cannot be close to God, period. And that purity comes from (laughs) al kalimatul tayyiba, the pure kalima. The pure tariqah. Not as good, but pure. Pristine. Unadulterated pureness. And that is La ilaha illallah. Rasulullah. That is what allows you to enter Islam. This pure word. This pure code. But it's only through Allah's father that we know. And we know because someone who received this information, communication from Allah told us, and how do we measure his Nabuwa, his Prophethood? By his character, by his being, by his ethics, by his morals, that he never uttered a single lie in his life. Can any of us vouch for that? That we never lied once. A person who fulfilled all the social needs of his community before prophethood. Someone who was handsome but modest. You have no idea how handsome the Prophet is. You have absolutely no idea how handsome the Rasul is. You have to read. And I mean read the books of sirah the books of Shemai, the books that tell us how he is in his physical being and appearance. you will be mesmerized by the words the Sahaba used to describe the Rasul wasallam in his physical being. What Sahabi said, full night's moon, I was there with the Prophet I looked at the moon and I looked at the Prophet wasallam, and I could not get over the fact that the Prophet was much more beautiful than Exaggeration. It wasn't poetry. It wasn't something from the you know the the artificial, superficial devotion, dedication to the leader of the ummah. It was because it is true. MashaAllah, today some of us, mashallah, if Allah has blessed us with handsomeness and beauty, we pray in front of the mirror for one hour. Before you go to work and we pray one hour before we sleep, and we think we are God's, God's greatest gift to women. And we go out and flirt, and look for women, and want trouble, and cause trouble, because we're handsome. The Prophet was the most handsome human being, the most beautiful human being, but he was the most modest. Can anyone be that pure? Is this some fairy tale that the Sheikh was talking about from the Mimbar on Friday? That this man was so pure, he never had thoughts about another woman other than his wife? How is that even possible when you're at the top, top of your career? If you want to call it a career, I'm using that word to appease you, not because it's true at the height and the glory of when he ruled the Sahaba in Medina, he could have done anything he wanted to do. But he didn't. And he did it because he had integrity. He had honesty. He had modesty. He had shame in front of Allah and it is with these qualities that you become a nabi a rasul only if you have these qualities will allah allah select you to communicate with and then you will communicate to other people what allah wants this lesson you must learn and you must convey Talk about it. Whatever you do on social media don't care. Talk about it because it is the most pressing need of the Ummah today and that is to value the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It is to honor him, it is to love him, it is to respect him, it is to see him as the be-all end all of our lives. If there's someone I want to emulate, If there's someone I want to be like, instead of sports, players, and athletes, and musicians, and entertainers, and politicians, and economists, and other geniuses in the world, I don't want to be like them. I want to be like the Rasul وسلم Because he is the best human being Allah ever created, period. Until Muslims believe this, from the depths of their heart, they will not taste Islam. You won't taste Islam. You must believe in your methodology of thinking. That is my thinking in line with the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Whether it's a macro idea or micro idea, whether it's a world view or something else, is this in line with his thinking? Because he is the most intelligent human being, Allah ever created, period. How can you have role models that cheat, lie, deceive, who trick? who womanize, who do everything at the settlement which is a sin. And they say, you want to be like them? And you glorify them? And when you talk about the Prophet, it says, oh yeah, it is. he was a nice man. He is not just a nice man. He is the man. This is our aqidah. It's an issue of faith. We believe this because it's an article of faith. Once you revise this, revive it, live it, think it, behave it, become it, and export it, you will taste Iman. And the sweetness of Iman will stay with you in your grave. It will stay with you on the day of judgment and it will stay with you in Jannah. And may Allah bless us all. Amen.